Welcome to Global Dispatches, a podcast about foreign policy and world affairs. I'm your host, Mark Leon Goldberg, editor of UN Dispatch. And in this show, we discuss topical global issues, have conversations with foreign affairs thought leaders and newsmakers, and give you the context you need to understand the world today. Go to globaldispatchespodcast.com to learn more. And now on with the show. On October 2nd, Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi walked into the Saudi consulate in Istanbul seeking to retrieve some marriage documents related to his upcoming wedding. He never came out. Turkish authorities believe he was tortured and murdered by Saudi intelligence officers sent to kill him. This incident has profoundly shaken Saudi Arabia's relationship with the United States. Khashoggi was well-known and well-liked by journalists and others in policy circles in Washington, D.C. He was a columnist for the Washington Post and had a residence in Northern Virginia. Yet, despite his connections, the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salman, apparently ordered a hit job. On the line with me to discuss the international implications of this incident is Simon Henderson, He is the Baker Fellow and Director of the Bernstein Program on Gulf and Energy Policy at the Washington Institute for Near East Policy. He was a friend of Khashoggi's, and he explains who Khashoggi was and how his murder may impact Saudi Arabia's relationship with both Turkey and the United States. Uh, This conversation does a good job of putting this incident in a broader context of Saudi Arabia's transitions under the leadership of Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Details from the incident in the Saudi consulate are still emerging. We recorded this conversation on Friday, October 12th, and I do think that Simon Henderson provides some useful context that will help you understand how we reached a point where the Saudi government was willing to so brazenly murder a high-profile critic of the Crown Prince. So here is my conversation with Simon Henderson of the Washington Institute for Near East Policy. Looking for a trustworthy podcast to bring you unfiltered viewpoints and experiences on global health? Tune into Global Health Matters, the podcast that connects silos and amplifies diverse voices to give you a holistic picture. Each month, Dr. Gary Aslanian from the World Health Organization hosts discussions with guests spanning former ministers of health, award-winning journalists and authors, and frontline public health workers. Join listeners from across 180 countries for an exciting Season 4, launching in June. Global Health Matters is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Who is Jamal Khashoggi? I fear the answer to that question is that it should be who was Jamal Khashoggi. Uh, he was, amongst other things, uh, a friend of mine, uh, and um, we've uh, met and had conversations over the years. I wouldn't say we were good friends, uh, but uh, I liked talking to him and hearing his points of view, and um, I he was either interested in my points of view or tolerant of my questions. Uh, He was uh, a a Saudi journalist uh, who had been in a variety of uh, senior editorial positions in Saudi newspapers. 
and had also uh, been uh, in uh, Saudi government circles. Um, at various times, he had worked for uh, a man called Turkey El Faisal, Prince Turkey El Faisal, uh, it, who for many years was the um, head of Saudi general intelligence, which is their equivalent of the CIA. Uh, but I think Jamal only worked for Prince Turkey when Prince Turkey was after that uh, subsequently, uh, first of all, Saudi ambassador in London and then Saudi ambassador here in Washington. Uh, so he, he was obviously uh, well known in, in Washington, D.C. circles and served in the government. At what point did he have a sort of falling out with, with the government? Well, in fact, uh, he's probably had several falling outs with the government. Uh, he was fired from being editor on certainly one occasion, uh, and uh, if not two. Um, but uh, that's um, part of the scheme of being a editor, not only in Saudi Arabia, but across the Middle East, which is that uh, you're there to... Uh, you know, serve the government purpose and tow the government line. Uh, Jamal was um, had a sort of mischievous uh, streak in him, which meant that he occasionally tried to push the envelope. Sometimes he got away with it. Sometimes he didn't. Uh, but where he really um, fell down was uh, after the transition uh, two or three years ago uh, in Saudi Arabia, when uh, first of all uh, King Salman became uh, the monarch, and uh, and within a few months he had promoted um, his favourite son, but one of his younger sons, uh, Mohammed bin Salman, often known as just simply as MBS. Uh, he was promoted uh, to being a deputy crown prince. Um, and then uh, in last year, he was made into crown prince. Uh, so he is the heir apparent um, in Saudi Arabia. And uh, Jamal wasn't, uh, was critical of uh, MBS's operating style who uh, MBS, uh, although only uh, crown prince, uh, it effectively runs Saudi Arabia. Uh, his father, King Salman, is 82 years old, uh, in declining uh, physical health, certainly. I mean, he's often seen uh, using a stick. Uh, and uh, many reports uh, that I've heard and also published reports are that uh, King Salman is in declining um, mental health as well, um, which, to put it kindly, means he's no longer as alert and functioning as he was uh, 20 years ago. Uh, and so it's in this context that uh, Jamal Khashoggi sort of falls out to favor of with MBS and he flees the country at some point? Yes. Uh, essentially, he decided he couldn't... Um, if he wasn't allowed to write or to tweet within Saudi Arabia, he'd leave the country. And he came here to the United States uh, and uh, set up a home in a suburb of Washington, um, out in northern Virginia. Uh, and uh, in, uh, more recently, he started having an uh, op-ed column in the Washington Post. 
uh, and uh, the columns are interesting to read, but uh, they don't set the world, well, I didn't think set the world alight. Uh, it, they were written very much in the tone of um, uh, more in sorrow than in anger. Uh, wouldn't it be a bit uh, better if the public was consulted on the major changes uh, which are taking place in Saudi Arabia in terms of uh, the economy and uh, social changes. But nothing like totally uh, revolutionary, right? Uh, well, uh, in terms of uh, you know what's written and said about people in Washington D.C. in the American political system, it was all fairly tame stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but in uh, in Saudi terms, uh, it seems, uh, and we don't know for certain, but I mean it's becoming increasingly clear that MBS was particularly wounded uh, by what he was saying and irritated with his. Um, ability to say it and to say it prominently and to a large audience. Uh, and so um, it seems from what we know of the story, um, Jamal Khashoggi was in Turkey. He uh, visited the consulate in Istanbul to get some like, you know, pretty you know, banal sort of diplomatic er, papers related to an upcoming marriage and, and never left the building. And we're, we're seeing all these leaks from Turkish intelligence in U.S. papers um, suggesting that he was very brutally murdered and this was all sort of uh, pre-planned and premeditated and likely uh, to have been directed directly by MBS uh, itself, himself. Um, yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is correct, but there's a, a nuance there which, um, in a situation, essentially makes the situation worse. That not only have the leaks been to Turkish newspapers and uh, other journalists, but uh, the Turkish government has also been briefing uh, either the embassies or the uh, intelligence agencies of a variety of uh, its allies. Um, I suspect the British um, and I suspect uh, the CIA have also been briefed on what uh, the Turks have learned. Um, and it's that part uh, which, frankly, has made the situation so serious because uh, these governments are now uh, increasingly profoundly concerned about what they've learned. Um so so let's let's kind of talk about the diplomatic fallout uh, of of this incident. I mean, you have um you know, an American resident, op, you know, someone who's well known, well liked in Washington DC among sort of elite circles living in Turkey, going into the Saudi consulate and never coming out. Um first could could you place this um incident in the context of Turkish Saudi relations, uh, which I take it were were weakening uh, uh, up to this point, but now might be sort of profoundly damaged. Could could you sort of explain the the, the implication? Yes, there? yeah. uh, there's um, there's a historical aspect to that, and also a um, more uh, contemporary angle. The historical angle is that Turkey is a big country. Uh, with a long history in the Middle East. Uh, and uh, Saudi Arabia is, uh, geographic, geographically speaking, of equal size uh, or thereabouts, um, with also uh, history in the Middle East. And if you take it back to um, what is 100 years, more than 100 years, 
uh, there was uh, Turkish control of at least some parts of Arabia, what is now Saudi Arabia, uh, and there was therefore a local uh, Arab resentment at that Turkish control. So people tend to have long memories. The more uh, up-to-date aspect of this is that um, uh, Turkey under President Erdogan has become uh, more Islamic uh, than what it's been in the past, and um, it's uh, it sees essentially a role for political Islam. Uh, uh, President Erdogan's AKP uh, political party um, is a Islamic party. Meanwhile, uh, Saudi Arabia sees itself as the center of the Islamic world, and under uh, uh, Crown Prince uh, Mohammed bin Salman has apparently been moving in the direction of a more moderate Islam uh, and the influence of um, the Islamic clergy in Saudi Arabia appears to be diminishing. So there's a different interpretation, a different ideological ter interpretation of the role uh, of Islam in each of the countries. And and of course, layered on top of that are certain rivalries in in Syria as well. Yeah. Uh, on top of that, um, it, it, Turkey um, abuts uh, Syria and therefore is uh, very concerned about what's going on in uh, uh, in uh, Syria. Uh, they've um, Turkey is a ally of Qatar. The small state in the Gulf, which uh, Saudi has, uh, Saudi Arabia has been leading a blockade against um, for the last more than 12 months. Uh, also, for complicated re reasons, including historical reasons, but uh, essentially because uh, Qatar believes in a form of political Islam, uh, which uh, the Saudis and certainly their allies in this, the Emiratis, the United Arab Emirates, uh, are uh, uncomfortable with. So so both Turkey and Saudi Arabia, of course, are allies of the United States. And it seems um, that Turkey might be using this as an opportunity to try to drive a wedge between the Saudi-U.S. alliance. I, I don't know if you saw the news today that, you know, Turkey was releasing this this uh, Christian pastor that um, had, had sort of been long detained and had been sort of a favorite cause of, say, Vice President Pence. Mm -hmm. Um you know, it seems as if they're doing that to sort of curry favor in, in this uh, particularly volatile moment. Uh, that, it, there is a coincidence in timing uh, here. The um, the pastor who appears to have been uh, released uh, after uh, facing a huge uh, prison term for allegedly um, uh, mixing religion with politics or complicated variations of uh, and that apparent sin um, is uh, was due to appear in court today. Anyway, he's been due to appear today uh, for many weeks, if not months. And the demise, apparent demise of Jamal Khashoggi, of course, only started last week. So there is a it's it's a coincidence of timing, hmm. uh, but the release of this pastor would uh, seem to be a move which will be very much welcomed in Washington, um, and therefore, in the circumstances, 
uh, and it's a bit of a stretch, but not too much of a stretch. Uh, it puts Washington on the side of Turkey at this time, uh, rather than uh, on the side of Saudi Arabia. So uh, I wanted to have a broader conversation now about how this incident might change uh, or might be like a really important historical inflection point uh, in Saudi Arabia's relationship with uh, the United States. Um, first of all, do you think that has the potential to be the case? Do you think that's already the case, that that this incident might forever change um, America's relationship with Saudi Arabia? Well, forever is a uh, awkward word, but it certainly has two very great impacts. There's a short-term impact of uh, outrage uh, in actually across the world, but uh, certainly in the United States. Uh, the media is outraged. Congress is outraged. Uh, the bureaucratic Washington is outraged. Uh, the White House is um well, it's outraged some days and not quite so outraged the next day. Um, but that's a, a symptomatic of um, whatever the president decides to tweet on or say on a particular day. Uh, so there is this short-term problem of how do we get through this um, balancing a, uh, a needed condemnation of Saudi Arabia with uh, also the importance uh, that the long-term relationship with Saudi Arabia means that uh, do we really want to cut it completely tomorrow? Uh, and I think the answer to that is no, we don't. There are too many things at stake. But then uh, looking into the slightly longer term, uh, there's uh, this conduct of uh, MBS who appears to have uh, organized uh, or be responsible for uh, the demise of Jamal Khashoggi. Uh, and uh, this is a young man. He's 33 years old. He's going to be king of Saudi Arabia when his father dies, or at least that's the uh, most obvious uh, prediction. Uh, and uh, yet he, he has a curious way of doing foreign affairs. Uh, this is the man who um, uh, went to war in uh, Yemen uh, to sort out um, a, uh, an Iranian-backed uh, group of um, tribesmen. Uh, and three years on, he hasn't managed to sort it out militarily, and it is a growing a humanitarian crisis with the uh, risk that it will become a calamitous humanitarian crisis. Uh, and uh, there's been the rift with Qatar, uh, whereby they um, wanted to change uh, Qatar's uh, foreign policy and indeed its domestic policy. So they, uh, Saudi Arabia and the UAE and Bahrain and Egypt uh, have been blockading it. Uh, it. This is a policy which has singularly failed to do uh, any uh, to cause any change in uh, Qatar. Uh, there was this um, curious incident whereby uh, the visiting Lebanese uh, prime minister uh, was essentially forced to announce his resignation while he was in Saudi Arabia. But as soon as he uh, left the country and got back to Lebanon, he unresigned, uh, which um, 
to everybody's yeah. uh, mind made the Saudis um, look stupid. And, for, and then more recently, earlier this year, Saudi Arabia got very upset about a tweet um, by the Canadian foreign ministry uh, uh, concerned about the fate of uh, a Saudi whose uh, wife was living in exile in Canada. And uh, the, the Saudis um, have all but declared war on Canada. Uh, and uh, this is simply crazy. Uh, you, it, to um, respond like this uh, it appeared to be uh, totally out of proportion uh, to w what might have been the difference. And so the danger of this is do we forgive MBS for yet another uh, sin or do we uh, try to change his uh, uh, behavior or do we face the prospect that three months down the road or six months down the road or next year, he's uh, going to make yet another foreign policy mistake, uh, which will be um, uh, bad, mad, or just simply stupid. Well, I guess what's, what's interesting to me is, you know, you have these, you know, cascading foreign policy failures, including sort of the, a prosecution of, of a calamitous war in, in Yemen, which has killed untold thousands, but yet it is the murder of, of one uh, journalist who is, you know, well-connected in elite circles in Washington, D.C., that seems to be causing a kind of outrage uh, that we hadn't seen over, say, the war in Yemen or the, um, uh, the the diplomatic spat with with Canada. I mean, you have, for example, like, uh, you know, media companies and other companies that are pulling out of this big conference in, in Saudi Arabia, the so-called Davos of the desert. Um, you might perhaps see some movement on Capitol Hill, uh, concerning an arms, uh, sale ban over, uh, Saudi's conduct in the war in Yemen. This sort of might move things, it seems, at least in this early stage, in ways that those other previous foreign policy, uh, missteps and, and offenses did not. And I'm wondering if you agree. Um, yes, but um, I, I think you, uh, I can understand your grief and your sense of this is weird the way this is playing out. Uh, but it is understandable because the incident itself is defies defies understanding. Mm -hmm. uh, the idea that um, you know, it's not as if. Jamal Khashoggi ended up uh, just disappearing and his body discovering, discovered floating down the Bosphorus in Istanbul. Or it's not as if uh, he was, um, his body was found in some dark alley in Istanbul uh, where uh, the victim of an apparent robbery which went wrong or something like this. He was uh, enticed into the consulate and then appears to have been slaughtered in the most horrific manner. Uh, and uh, this uh, it, it just, it, the, the incident itself uh, is wholly shocking. And the uh, question mark of what the hell happens now or where we go from here, these question marks are huge. Mm -hmm. No, I I, I I absolutely agree. Uh, I, I did want to ask you, though, 
to what extent do you think the kind of the Trump administration's policies towards Saudi Arabia, the sort of apparent, apparently sort of warm relationship between, say, Garrett, Jared Kushner and, and MBS, kind of created this like enabling environment in which MBS thought that he could reasonably get away with pulling off an atrocious crime such as the one you described, and yet still more or less maintain kind of normal relations with, with the United States? I think it's a question to uh, ask. I'm not sure whether we'll ever particularly get an answer from uh, in Washington, D.C. terms. Uh, but my um, working understanding of the way that MBS operates is that he is immensely sure of himself uh, and may listen to alternative points of view, but is unpersuaded by them. Uh, and uh, he uh, is uh, confident in his own position, in that uh, his father has given him great powers, uh, and he feels absolutely, um, from his point of view, he can't really see what he's done wrong, uh, nor does he think the need to apologize for it. Uh, and uh, to us, uh, who are sort of framing the question, why on earth did you think you could get away from, with this? Uh, he doesn't appear to have thought that question of that question at all. And uh, regrettably, there don't appear to be anybody uh, around about him in terms of close advisors uh, who, you know, take a deep breath and say, um, that might not be such a great idea. Can we sleep on that and let's discuss it again in the morning? Um, he, he doesn't appear to have that sort of advisor. And this is... Um, the, the adult in the room, why, as, as uh, Bob Quirker would say. Yeah. Uh, this is why, uh, apparently, this has happened. And this is why it is so challenging to work out... Uh, what we do about it uh, in in the immediate short term for now, and in the longer term, if this man is going to be um, continue to be the leader for decades ahead, apparently, of Saudi Arabia, which is such a significant country because of its large oil reserves and its large oil exports, and the fact that it's um, the leader uh, of the Islamic world and the kings of Saudi Arabia are the custodians of the two holy places of so, Mecca and Medina. So, this is not just a another country. So on, on that note, let me ask you one final question, which is what do you suspect, believe would be an appropriate uh, U.S. response to this incident? Uh, I think uh, that is... Um, it needs to be more considered than what it uh, currently is. But as soon as uh, there is uh, not just concern about the fate of Jamal Khashoggi, but uh, near certainty about the fate of Jamal Khashoggi, uh, the U.S., um, the uh, Congress inevitably, I think, will... Uh, try to slow down, if not stop, um, uh, military supplies um, to uh, the kingdom. Uh, whether it's appropriate uh, or not, uh, it's a different argument. I'm certain it will uh, almost certainly happen. Uh, and um, it, 
the White House uh, should take uh, measures um, before trying to repair the relationship to show the extent of uh, concern, which uh, may be to uh, expel the Saudi ambassador here in Washington, D.C., uh, who, uh, as it happens, is Khalid bin Salman. He's the younger brother of uh, MBS. Uh, he's back in Riyadh at the moment, uh, trying to get answers uh, for the American questions. Um, let's see if he's going to come back. Uh, and uh, that will be one another measure. Uh, we've also got a concern, uh, and uh, but it seems trivial, but it might also, you, you, there's a list of necessary things to do if this turns out to be necessary. Um, you know, the uh, Abdel al-Jabir, who used to be the Saudi ambassador here, who's now the Saudi foreign minister, um, did the consulate in uh, Istanbul, notionally, I would have thought, comes under part of his responsibility. Uh, Adel al-Jabir maintains a residence in the D.C. suburbs uh, where he likes to come and visit in his private time. Um, I think he might need to be told, um, uh, we don't want you. Uh, hmm. for the moment. Uh, if uh, some Saudis, uh, i.e. Jamal Khashoggi, uh, can't live in uh, a suburb of Washington, D.C., uh, neither can you. Uh, well, well, Simon, thank you for your time. I, I'm, I'm sorry uh, about uh, the loss of, of Jamal Khashoggi, uh, who, who you said was, was, a, was a friend, was, a, was an acquaintance. So, uh, you know, my, my best and thank you for your time. Well, uh, thank you for listening to me, and uh, I hope that uh, I've managed to answer your questions uh, as well um, as can be answered at this stage. All right. Thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you to Simon Henderson. Uh, I suspect uh, some of you out there listening might ha have known Jamal Khashoggi. Uh, my condolences. I did not know him, but uh, I knew people who did, and he seems to have been just a, a wonderful interlocutor and uh, journalist and analyst, and, and my condolences to you all. All right. We will see you next time. Bye.